Happy Sunday, everybody. Welcome to the Bahamas. I'm in Nassau, Bahamas. I apologize if I have bad Wi-Fi. I should be okay, but you never know. Um, I just was on a four-hour Zoom with my sub-2 students, sub-2 family, and it didn't seem like we had any issues on there, but you never know. So I apologize if it uh, falls out for us. I am in the Bahamas on Wi-Fi, which is not normally what I'm doing. Tonight on Sunday service is Q&A. It is 10 o'clock here. And I feel bad, so bad for all the East Coasters that come onto our podcast. I'm on the West Coast. So when I do this podcast, I'm usually doing it at seven o'clock on um, Arizona time, which is 10 o'clock East Coast time. And you guys hang out till 1130 at night. And that's what I'm going to be doing tonight. So thank you guys so much for doing that for us and tuning in live. Tonight, the topic is Creative uh, creative Finance Real Estate Q&A. I actually have a slew of people that are already in the backstage. They have questions. I'm going to bring them up. I've got an hour and 20 minutes, okay? So I'm going to limit everybody to about seven, maybe eight minutes per question. So if you guys are in the backstage and you do not have your camera on and you do not have your audio figured out, I will not be calling on you. I see Marco. He's looking good. He's looking sharp. Jonathan just turned his camera on saying, holy crap, I definitely need to get a question answered from Pace. Angie, you're too beautiful to ever hide your face. So please make sure you always keep your camera on. Um, James Gamble, I see you, my, my guy. I will get to you in a little bit. Maj, you always got the questions, dog. You are the question master. So um, looking forward to seeing everybody. If ABS, Arturo, Robin, Benjamin, you guys want your questions answered. You better turn your cameras on because that's my only way of knowing that if I bring you on stage, you've got your technology figured out. One of my very few big pet peeves is having people come on my podcast and they're like fumbling around with their phone and uh, trying to figure out how to come on here. So tonight is Q&A. Really great being here with you guys. couple of announcements before we get started. I want to give you guys... A couple of things. Make sure you guys are JVing with each other. I get so many people DMing me that are like, Pace, where do I start? I'm like, come to Sunday service, meet people, right? Go to my challenges, whatever. Um, a couple of things coming up. Here's my travel schedule. I will, I'm in Bahamas all the way through the 24th. So if you guys are in Nassau, which you're probably not, I'm at a mastermind, but we're hanging out in the pool every morning, working out. I worked out today um, and I was like, where are all my people? So if you guys are in the Bahamas, come work out with us at our hotel. It'd be great. Um, we are doing a big meetup here for Baham Bohemians. Um, then I'm going to be doing the Elephant Challenge next. Ooh, no, not next week. In two weeks. Okay. Elephant Challenge is coming up. Then I have the golden ticket event for sub two students only. I'm going to be then going to Boston, Massachusetts on October 30th. So we're going to be doing a meetup there. Then I'm going to be in Dallas, San Angelo, Corpus Christi, Houston, and Lafayette from November 7th to November 10th. Then I'm speaking at Multifamily Mastery number 5 on November 5th and 6th. Then I'll be in Fresno, California on November 19th. And then I will be in Hawaii from December 15th to December 30th. Uh, Pace, would you buy an Airbnb in the Bahamas? Um, probably not. I got so many other things going on, bro. That's my problem is I could buy in any state, any place. I've got so many students all over the place I can buy deals with that why would I go to the Bahamas? It's so far. I don't have resources. It's in a different country. It's not even the United States. 
And so for me, maybe it's a limited mindset, but I just prefer to, to buy in the areas that I already buy in. So anyway, without further ado, Benjamin Harris, you have not turned your camera on, so I'm skipping over you and I'm going to Marco. There's Benjamin. There he is. I see him, see him, see him. So guys, if you are listening on two devices, I will immediately pull you off the, off the thing. I get people are like watching on this, but listening over on this other thing. And then I call them up and it's like this major echo. Stop that. Only noobs do that. Learn how to use technology, you noobs. Okay. Um, I will call you up here and I will limit you to seven minutes. All right. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Benjamin Harris, what do you got for me tonight? Hi, Pace. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, it's a bit impromptu. I saw the link and just thought I'd, we'd be able to raise hands and kind of send you chats. So thanks for seeing us personally. Um, I'm a I'm a year old realtor, uh, not a year, eight months. Uh, I've had my first listing recently uh, and just, you know, in awe and interested in this whole new world of real estate and learning about what there are ways to create equity and, um, and wealth for yourself and for others, which is what we do as realtors uh, in service. But learning about all the different paths, all the smoke of the sales methods and what's the most efficient way and the creative side of it, um, I'm trying to figure out, I guess, for, from a creative finance point, um, I, I have a relatively low income, I think, um, 20 to 25,000 a year, um, over the past several years. And I want to get out of that, um, eagerly looking for, I have mentorship with EXP Realty. Um, and, uh, but I want to, I want to get into multifamily, um, and as my first, first home purchase. Um, and I'm wondering, I mean, I get, try to keep it simple. I guess my, my question has been, as I see, content creators and mentors gurus um put out here's how you do it you just start it like this and you just go through these and then we'll tell you more in our program what is the first step of trying to get out of the income problem um when trying to buy that first house or investment property um yeah, I mean, I think that's that's really my question. If you can, okay, if you have yeah. an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I could go on this for ten hours, but um, yeah, sure. it's a great question. Whole program. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, maybe. I. But here, here's here's the answer to that. The challenge with like Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and YouTube Shorts and all this kind of stuff is they incentivize people to not give away any information because they're like, you only have one minute. In fact the current climate of people won't watch anything past 15 seconds anyway. So you as a creator start creating stuff and you're like, fine, if we're going to have a conversation, I got to grab your attention really, really fast and pull you off platform to do whatever, which, you know, it is what it is, but it does kind of suck. But if you go on my YouTube, you'll see that like two, three weeks ago, I had one of my really good friends, Jerry Norton calls me up and he's like, dude, what the heck is wrong with you? You did like four days in a row of four hour videos and I was like, yeah, because that's what it takes. That's what it takes. It, uh, you, you have to be able to get nitty gritty with people. So um, my YouTube's pretty good. Um, but here at the end of the day, you have to, I would write this down, Benjamin. This is important. Every single one of you guys, you have to make mistakes every single 
day. And I'll get really specific with that in a second. What people do, okay, what people typically do is they go and they learn and they learn and they learn and they learn and they learn. And the reason they don't, they don't actually take action are a couple of things. Number one, lack of confidence in themselves. Number two, they don't have any actual friends making money in real estate. And so the people you hang out with all day or all week are also people making 20 to $30,000 a year. And um, nothing against people who are making 20 to $30,000 a year, but I am going to attack them a little bit. Okay. The people, uh, people don't understand this, or maybe they do understand it. I, I, I'm giving, saying that wrong. People do understand this, I hope. Your bank account is a direct reflection of the value that you provide to the economy. Direct, direct correlation. Okay. So when you're making 20 to $30,000 a year, that means you're providing 20 to $30,000 of value and that's it. So I look at a job like what you've got and you're probably working 30 to 50 hours a week. And I immediately say, well, Benjamin, what are, what mistakes are you purposely trying to make the other 30 hours a week that you should be working? Human beings were not meant to work 40 hours a week. Cavemen didn't work 40 hours a week. People in the Renaissance did not pay, work 40 hours a week. Every single era since the beginning of time, human beings work 80 to 90 hours a week. It's not until like maybe the last 75 years, 100 years that people have slowed down on their work ethic. So my question is, what mistakes is Benjamin making on a daily basis after your nine to five job? Okay. For example, here's an, here's a mistake that would actually be helpful for you. I would be calling real estate agents who have listings over 90 days old and asking them if their sellers would be open to a creative finance offer and getting a no and then getting another no and then getting another no. And realize that only the only way to make money is to have those no's. Now, here's the problem of why most people don't start that because that is a very common way to start. Call agents, houses that are on the market for over 90 days, obviously have pain. Days on market are going up higher. So there's obvious um, opportunity there. And they're plentiful. They're all over the place in every single market. The biggest thing is because, Benjamin, you don't have another friend that you can rely on to help you with that transaction if that agent says yes. So most people's greatest fear is not when a, an agent says no. It's when the agent or the seller actually says yes and you go, holy crap. Never thought I'd make it this far. <laughs> Never thought I'd make it this far. And I don't know what to do. Okay. That's the biggest problem. Your friends are pieces of shit. Nothing that's, I'm, I'm saying it in a strong way. So it will strongly go into your brain. Okay. I mean, it doesn't mean your friends outside, like your friends in the normal world are great human beings and their mother values them. Their father values them. You value them, but the workplace does not. Okay. If the workplace valued them, then the workplace would pay them more money, okay? For example, if I left, a, for example, if you put me in any job, right, as a realtor, as an investor, as a 
fix and flipper, as a loan officer, as a grocery bagger, as you, as whatever you put me, my personality, my work ethic in any job. And you put me there for three to six months. And then I threaten to quit until, unless somebody gives me a raise, 100% of the people I work for will go, there's no way we're losing this man. He provides way too much value. He does seven times more than what he gets paid for. He is going the extra mile. He shows up five minutes late or shows up five minutes early, stays an hour late, is friendly with everybody, comes with, up with ideas that we make money on. This guy is unbelievable. Nobody would let me go because I provide value everywhere I go. Most people making twenty to $30,000 a year are trained. I was one of them as well, so I'm not criticizing. They are trained to do exactly what they're told and no more and sometimes even less because you go, well, if I can get away with it, then I will because that's what the workplace has trained us to do. So most people then come home from their nine to five job and they go, man, I don't even know where to start. So I'm just not going to start. Well, the first place to start is to come onto a live podcast where you can make friends that are all in here, either making money or trying to improve themselves. Okay. That's step one for me personally. Step one is finding somebody you can collaborate with because you will be more encouraged to then go, all right, I'm going to make those calls. I am going to do those things. So Benjamin, I don't, we don't need to go into where you work, but let's, let's think about this for a second. Okay. I've been a performing artist. Okay. You're a performing artist. Okay, great. If, um, so if we, if I go to Chipotle, I just, this literally just happened to me like two weeks ago. I was, I had like an hour to get back to set and I was like, I'm on, I want to go to Chipotle. So I go to Chipotle, longest line I've ever seen, right? Longest line I've ever seen. It was crazy. Which, you know, most of the time, like Chipotle, you have like three or four people in front of you at the most. At this Chipotle, I had like 21 people. It was like really long for a Chipotle line. So I make a joke to the guy in front of me and I'm like, man, freaking long line. And the guy goes, yeah, get used to it, man. I've been waiting my whole life. Literally what he said. I was like, that makes me want to leave right now because now I'm realizing I'm burning up my life waiting in this line. But I'm like, damn, you know, Chipotle's bomb. So I waited. Here's what I noticed. As each one of those 21 people went through the line, the exact same question was asked by the person taking the order. What would, what would you like to have? What would you like to have? What would you like to have? 21 times. Okay. Would you like Pinto or black beans? Okay. Would you like Pinto or black beans? Okay. Would you like Pinto or black beans? 21 times. You, okay. Do you know guac is extra? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like literally for the 30 minutes or 40 minutes that I waited in this line, I heard this human being say the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over. So this is what I did, Benjamin. I go online and I then go, how many times does, how many clients does the average Chipotle customer talk to on a daily basis? It's 322. So you say the same thing to 322 people. But for some reason, people go, well, where do I start? I'm like, dude, real estate is a thousand times easier than your Chipotle job. I would blow my brains out if I had to do something over and over and over and over and over every day. But the return on my investment 
was like $2,500 a month. But a Chipotle employee will do it 322 times a day because of these reasons. And this is what I thought about. They have nobody else telling them there's a better way. That's number one. So no friends outside of that environment. Okay. Still goes back to that same thing. Number two, it's comfortable because somebody's telling them what to do. So they don't have to guess what they're supposed to do yep. again, which goes back to number one. You don't have a friend that tells you it's okay to make more money. Right. Goes, keeps going back to number one. So number two is it, people are comfortable being told what to do. So they go take jobs that they say the same thing 322 times a day because they're comfortable having somebody tell them what to do. Okay. And the third reason is because their parents and the way they were brought up. Okay. Benjamin, what is the difference between me and you? Me may, I make more than 20 grand a day. I make way more than 20 grand a day. Yeah. A day, a day, not a month, not a week, more than I make more than that a day. Double, sometimes triple, sometimes more than that in a day. What is the biggest difference between me and you? The biggest difference between me and you, number one, is that all of my friends make money. If I want to go from five grand a month to 10 grand a month, I literally don't even have to learn the skills first. I need to find the people that are making 10 grand a month. That is the number one answer I can give you because what happens is the convert. Benjamin, you go to performing arts. I, I deal with a lot of people in performing arts. I'm on, not that it's the exact same thing, but it's similar. Um, I'm on a TV show. So this is what happens with people in, on, in the TV show. There's 35 people or so that run our TV show with us. And guess what they do when they go home? Yep. They go home. They're, do, they're done working. When I go home, this is lit. I cannot wait to get off set on the stupid TV show because the first thing I say to myself is I go, I can't wait to get to work. Get back to work. Yeah. They are like, I can't wait to get off of work. I'm saying I can't wait to actually go to work where I actually make real money. They think their 40 hours they put in was actually a job, was like worthy of making money. Okay, so that's, that's a tough thing. That environment is full of people that are happy making thirty dollars or $40,000 a year. And they go and they're like, save up their shekels to go have a couple beers at the bar and Go do some little events here and there and constantly saving money and having a hard time like driving in a decent car and spending money on themselves and da, 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 da. You're basically who I, I can just tell you, the people you hang out with are also making twenty to $30,000 a year. That's it. That's it. So your number one thing is you need to, what, what market are you in, Benjamin? I'm here in Arizona. What, like what, what part of Arizona? Oh, uh, I'm I'm in Mesa right now, uh, Mesa Scottsdale. Okay, so Benjamin, I would immediately go to my meetups that I have every single month. I have a meetup at the Keegley office. I have one next week. Okay, and I would walk away from there saying my job is to make five friends. 
friends, people that will go have dinner with me or go with me on Saturdays or people that are running a real estate business that I can go and sit with because here's the difference. Okay. When I went to a, when I went to a RIA, do you know what a RIA is, Benjamin? No, I don't think I have. Okay. So a RIA is a real estate, RE, real estate investment association. Okay. R-E-I-A. Every city has one. Okay, they're fine to go to to start making relationships. But when you go to a RIA, it's basically full of real estate agents talking, talking about, about how long they've been in the business. Okay, they're t- They talk about how long they've been in the business and they brag about how long they've been in the business. Da, 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 da. Great. So when I run my own meetup, it's completely different because the people that come to my meetup are actually doing deals and their questions and the conversation is not about how long they've been in the business. They say, how can I help you? 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 So the reason why my community is so powerful and why everybody in this real estate industry is envious of the sub two community is because we have cultivated an environment of understanding that Benjamin Harris's number one problem is not himself. It's the lack of friends that are in the circle that you want to be in. That's your number one problem. Number one problem, okay? So if you build a community of other people doing deals that want to help other people do deals because they remember what it was like when they had never done a deal, then you can bring a Benjamin Harris into that environment and go, oh, this is great. Now here's the difference, okay? You go to Aria, it's people bragging about how long they've been in the business. Who cares about that? You then start going into masterminds and you start spending money, which you're not ready to spend money yet, Benjamin. You're not making enough money to spend money, okay? But when you start spending money to get into rooms, like this week, I'm in a mastermind that cost me $150,000 this week, just for one week, okay? The first time I spent over 20 grand to join a mastermind was about three years ago. The conversations that are being had in these grooms and they get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller, the conversations are like the night before the mastermind starts, I've made my money back because everybody meets in the hotel lobby and they're like, what are you doing in your business? What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm new or I'm this or I'm thinking about doing this. Oh, don't do that. I did that and this happened. It's all about making money. Then you get to a $20,000 room and the people are like, hey, let's start a business together. And I'm like, I just met you five minutes ago. Well, yeah, but isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? Let's freaking make, let's make some money together. And before you even leave a three-day event, you've made a hundred grand, 200 grand. My first, um, my first uh, big mastermind, the night before the mastermind started, we went to dinner and there was a bunch of guys that I'd never met before, but you're in a mastermind and a mastermind is nothing more. Think about this, Benjamin. A mastermind, a mentorship, a meetup are nothing but a filtering mechanism to bring in higher and higher and higher quality people that want one single objective that you want. So the higher you go, the more specific that gets. And um, in the meetup like I do next week, it's completely free. It's a lot of my people that are in my community. The conversations are different. And they elevate and they elevate. But this one I went to, this is years and years ago. We go to dinner the night before. And these guys are having conversations about, oh, yeah, I opened up my 300th restaurant last week. 
and we're looking to raise $320 million and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I am not worthy of this conversation. You need to be in a room, Benjamin, that you feel unworthy of the conversation. Your biggest problem is that your friends are amazing human beings, but they will never help you pay a bill. And in fact, the performing arts um, group of people typically are liberals, nothing against liberals, except they typically are anti making money. And they think that everybody is a whatever, like, so here's what's funny in year one of the TV show, none of the people on my crew were making money and doing deals in real estate. At the beginning of season two, what I told everybody, this was 10 months ago, I told everybody on our crew, I said, I will not tolerate hanging out with people that do not own real estate. Either you will own real estate by the end of the year, by my help and by my wife's help and by Jamil's help, or you can go work on a different TV show. You need to be around people, Benjamin, that make you feel uncomfortable with your lack of success, but it's because they want more for you. Your friends in the, in the, in the um, performing arts, they're not going, calling you after you get home from work and going, yo, dude, let's go make some money. Right? So do we know what yeah, your number one problem is? I can kind of think of. She's another realtor as well. But yeah, yeah but, she, but you two together, right? You need at least five people around you that are making money. So what I would do is Jamil sent me a text. It's his, the meetup we're doing is actually next week. Um, let's see. You're in Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Let me call Jamil real fast. It's 10.30 here, so he's probably, I don't know what he's doing. He's probably. Yeah. Hey, what day is the meetup next week? I've got, I'm on Sunday service. I want to talk about it. Uh, which meetup, bro? Keegley meetup. Oh, uh, hold one second, one second, sorry. Can you send me the link so I can put it on Sunday service? Yes, sir. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye. So, Benjamin, I know you took a lot of notes, but the number one note you need to take down is that you should have friends that make you feel uncomfortable about your lack of success. And you should constantly put yourself in rooms that you are the smallest person in that room because in like it is impossible for you not to become somebody different. Now, I had this weird thought today, okay? And this is, sorry, I'm, this is, I promise everybody a seven minute answer. And I'm here, is this helpful for everybody, by the way? Hopefully this is helpful for you guys, okay? It's a constant game of leveling up. So Benjamin, I imagine you also play video games, which is okay. Do you play video games? Okay, cool. So, but I, I used to play a lot of video games. I love video games. So I'm not criticizing video games, but I love like analogies with video games. 
But you know, at the very be um, beginning of a video game, you choose your own avatar, right? And you choose your clothes, you change things about you, whether it's World of Warcraft or, you know, Grand Theft Auto or whatever it is that you're playing. It could be Halo, could be whatever. But you create your own avatar, right? You change, you're so specific about what you want to be and what color you have, the color of your hair, all that kind of stuff. My question to myself this morning was if I look at the way I currently dress, the way I currently look, the length of my beard, the watch I wear, the car I drive, is that the exact avatar that I would design for myself if my buttons and my video game would allow me to choose anything? So you have to ask yourself this question. Benjamin, you're worth, let's say you're worth $10 million. Are you going to wear the same green shirt? Are you going to have the same length of beard? Are you going to have the same haircut? Are you going to have the same way of speaking? For me, I actually wrote down three or four things I need to change about my appearance because I was like, that's not the avatar that I, that I would choose. And I have to remind you as much as I have to remind myself that life is a video game and the controls are right here in your brain. You can control everything. So what do you need to change about yourself to be more appealing to other people, be more charismatic? I got to learn those things. These are like skills I got to go obtain. And that's just like what you got to do in a video game. You got to go and obtain skills through being in challenging situations and adapt those, those merits, if that makes sense. So um, those are your two biggest problems because you've been a realtor for two years, roughly. And EXP, you have mentoring with EXP, but what the hell does that do with a lack of community? It does nothing. You need less information. You need more implementation. In fact, the main reason you should be showing up to my podcast on Sunday is to connect with people and say, I need friends that make me feel uncomfortable. Okay, this is the reason why I do a live podcast rather than a pre recorded because I am not lazy. And I know that creating live community where my students can come in and love on each other and love on non-students creates an environment where people are doing deals and making money. So when you come to Sunday service, yes, I could talk to you about all the creative finance stuff. I have a 14 part series coming out on creative finance. It's like every strategy, every this, that, and the other, but it's only interesting to you. It's not important. Because there's nothing for you to apply it to because you don't have friends that you're running like a gang of wolves and going and finding deals. You know, we got the most cutthroat, unbelievable people in Arizona. There's no reason you shouldn't be in a, be in a gang of wolves of people that want to make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, it's all about finding the right pack. They say that the pack will heighten the lowest dog, and you want to make yourself feel like that lowest dog. There so you go. You keep growing strength. And, that is and your strength number, that's your number one problem, is your friends suck. So at, I, at helping me with my future, perhaps, right? Yeah. That's I mean, what, what yeah. you need, you need, here's the, here's the thing, a couple of things. I'm going to tell you that, um, 
making a hundred thousand dollars a year is not the goal. Okay. A lot of people think, Oh, I just want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year. It ain't the goal. Hundred thousand dollars ain't the goal. Okay. Once you hit a hundred thousand, you go, Oh my gosh, how, who can I help with a hundred grand? Okay. You want to know what this is about. It's about getting to a point where you've done so well for yourself that you can actually turn around and start changing other people's lives. You can't change people's lives without life changing money. You can't change politics. You can't change your vote doesn't matter in your local state. Nobody cares about what your opinion is because you have no resources. And so it's the same thing for me. I am trying to change people's lives. Therefore, I need to make life-changing money. Okay? So, see, and this is, like, look at this. Think about this. Okay? So John, he says, I'm not in Sub2, which is my community, but Pace is awesome. I love the Sub2 community. I bring as many people close to me as possible that have been filtered out to become really great go-givers. So you will meet some of these people on Thursday. Let me put the link. I'll put the link in the side chat so you can attend. And you, Benjamin, need to make sure that you are looking for people to make you feel uncomfortable. And they want to make you feel uncomfortable. So the the where to sign up is Kegley.com. It's on, it's in the side chat, by the way. My gosh, my internet is so slow. Um, Keegly.com forward slash meetup and make sure you register so you get like future stuff all over. Okay. So again, last thing I'm going to say to everybody, and I'll get into some Q&A. Your lack of quality friends is making you comfortable with your lack of a quality life. And what you've done, this isn't just you, Benjamin, this is me too, okay? I'm speaking to myself as much as I'm speaking to you. We want to make ourselves feel good. So what happens is we convince ourselves that making more money is not going to change the, the, our lives. Making more money does change your life. I can tell you that right now. Is it going to make you a happier person? Not necessarily, but here's what it'll do is it'll take a lot of the stress and pressure off your back so you can work on things, take classes, go on better dates, go on, have better experiences, better memories. Money does bring a lot of amazing things to the table. So when you're not making a lot of money, you justify not making a lot of money because you don't want to be hard on yourself. So what you need to do is you need to find other friends that will be hard on you for you. And do it unapologetically and be like, Benjamin, I didn't see you at this month's meetup, bro. Where where are you? What are you up to? Where are you? Get your ass here. We're, we're, this thing isn't starting until you get over there in your yard. How many times my friends have dragged me out to do things I don't want to do? I'm like, oh my gosh, bro. I was, I was being a contractor 10 hours today. And they're like, okay, well, how's that going to pay your future bills? Get your ass out here. Let's freaking get going. I, ha I owe a lot of my success to friends that made me feel uncomfortable. Okay. So I could give you strategy, but strategy doesn't mean shit unless you have a pack of wolves to apply it to. 
Okay. So go find your pack of wolves. That's the most important thing ever is community, community, community all day long. Yeah. I appreciate that. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. There you go. And here's what's funny. I didn't get, I gave you a lot of specific things. I gave you a very specific meetup to go to. You will meet me in person next week on October 27th. We'll hang out and it'll, it'll be a good conversation, but you will become greater by osmosis. And it will be the weirdest thing. This is why my community is so powerful is because people upgrade each other and they're like, man, this is the greatest place ever because I've seen the greatest improvement in my life since joining this versus anything else because it's not that we have the greatest strategies. We do. It's not that we have the most support. We do. It's because we have amazing people that are, com that are comfortable making each other uncomfortable. And that's what you need. You need local access to that. You need digital access to that. And, um, uh, you gotta, you gotta meet me at, you gotta meet me at that meetup and you can meet everybody physically because it changes like digital is great, but physical in person changes things. Yep. I know that well from the uh, pandemic working over zoom performing arts, and then it just sucks the life out of you, you know, rehearsing it and trying to get saying it over and over again. Uh, versus having the relationship that is the telling the story of performing arts, having it in person. Right. I think a lot of people got value tonight from you already. I've been, I told you this answer for 40 minutes is what it took. And we have 800 people watching us live right now. So sounds like you, you won the Q and A of the night. Good job. <laughs> just, just start off with the basics, I guess. The, base, the basics are make friends, personal friends yeah. in person. And this is, this is what people hate about me. They hate that I say I'm going to do it for 12, seven minutes. But um, anyway, thank you, brother. Good to meet you. Thank you very much. I will do my darndest, make sure my, my, I'm open to come meet some wolves. Okay. And you should be at that every single month. Later, brother. Marco, what up, my guy? You got to unmute yourself. Marco, unmute yourself. What's going on? I'm all over again. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Every minute's worth a hundred thousand with this guy. So, you know, that's that's four hundred. What four million? <laughs> right there with the forty yeah, minutes. <laughs> Uh, all right, so I have a question, Pace. Yeah. And the reason I have this question is because the deal that I originally have now um, it's rolling into another deal that's happening, um, and I wanted to kind of pick your brain. Okay. So um, I have a BNB that we're trying to not make a regular BNB. It's going to be an all-inclusive type of BNB. Airbnb situation it's a you know property uh, sitting on 12 acres of land including the one acre the property's on um, and it's agriculture 11 acres and then one acres residential um, and they were doing it for like tax reasons um, so anyways we took the 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 BNB story taken over so it's almost completely finished we're gonna probably put it up uh, for uh, BNB soon 
it has four RV hookups to the left of it that we're also going to net um, on. And so we, we're going to be buying those soon. But we're trying to turn that agriculture land into commercial, if possible, right? And so this is in a city where a lot of stuff doesn't happen or goes on. Um, so maybe they'll be lenient. But I know that that takes time. I mean, I've had a buddy tell me it can take maybe a year and a half, two years, right? Uh, my The thing is, is I don't know if I want to go that route. And, and me and Mama do are working on this deal together. Um, because there's not a lot of comps to go off on. Now there is one situation in Texas that did this. They made an all-inclusive BNB on Big Acre. What they did is they created a man-made lagoon with canoe rides and water slides. And it's just like a family retreat type of thing. And I was gonna do this for like, this. Uh, the plan is to get church, like for men's retreat, women's retreat, family reunion retreats go to this all-inclusive like B&B camping park where they do everything there. The one in Texas is running like 1600 a night, right? So this has that potential. But the thing is, how do I comp it, not just based off one situation, but there's nothing like this in Florida because it's in Florida. Um, I, I'm running into that similar situation with, so Jerry Norton wants me to jump on a deal with him and for BNB in Puerto Rico, and there's no such things as comping properly in Puerto Rico. There's, you know, you just gotta go off base, like knowledge, knowing the area, know what's what's happening. And so he's bringing me in because I know the area well. I told him that BNB is 100% occupancy. If you get that, you know, it's a long-term rental. The guy that has it, but he's trying to Jerry Norton's trying to take it over, do BNB, Miami style rooftop pool and stuff. And I told him that this location would easily do 250 a night. He's going for hundred. And I was like, that would do 250 a night, you know? Um, so I have similar, those two things are similar situations. There's nothing to really go off of. So how do you, what would you do in that situation if you wanted okay, to? Okay. So there's two, there's two ways like, to no. comp a property. Okay. Well, there, there's three ways to comp a property. Let's do this. Okay. Three, three ways. Everybody write these down. There's three ways to comp a property. Comp, comping a property way number one, the preferred method, is call a buyer and say, buyer, what would you pay for this property? And never open a comping tool ever. Just talk to a buyer. Most of you guys won't do that. Okay. Um, Kathleen Elwood says, when is the Arizona meetup? I gave you guys the link. It's keegley.com forward slash meetup. Okay. It is November 27th. Uh, Sam Singh says, I think that's the same day as the um, L or the uh, State of the Union. I believe State of the Union is October 28th. Let's just double check. Yeah, uh, October 28th. Uh, the Keegley meetup is October 27th. I'm a busy guy. Busy, busy guy. Okay, so comping a property number one is calling a buyer and say, what would you pay for this? Okay, most people don't do that because they don't think to do it or they think the buyer is going to go around them. The second way to comp a property is the way that we've all been taught, which is open up Privy or open up this, open up the MLS, comp the property, comparing them to other recently sold. And the third way of comping a property is the way that you have to be comping this property, which is the income approach, which means you have to base everything off of the income of the property 
and you don't think about anything else because what does the income of a property produce for you? It produces a cash on cash return measurement. And if you understand your cash on cash return measurement, then you don't need to worry about the value of the property. You need to worry about the cash on cash return. So you have to understand the income approach. What does the property bring in? And you don't worry about anything else. I do this all the time on Airbnbs. People go, oh, well, there's not an Airbnb anywhere near it. I'm like, okay, but I know what this will rent for. And even if it's off 20%, it will still do this. And if I'm, I'm, up, I'm off below, I'm 20% better. If I'm off 20% high, I, like, I can't lose. Income pr approach, income approach, income approach. I did a whole video with Jerry Norton last uh, two days ago, no, what, four days ago. And we talked about that Puerto Rico hotel that he's turning into an Airbnb. He's talking about he's doing it with um, an executory contract. Okay. The way that they're structuring the deal is an executory contract. And I walked him through and he's like, what do you think I should do here, 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 here? And he's structured um, he structured a great deal. It's all creative finance, which is awesome, but there are no comps. And so what did he do? He based it on the income approach based on a very, very horrible conservative income approach. So he said, worst case scenario, if I'm at a hundred dollars a night, which is no way it's going to be a hundred dollars a night, I will win. Right. And so that's what he did. Right. Income approach, income approach. Is that your, is that your wonderful wife zooming in on you, by the way? Oh, no, I have a smart camera, so I can walk around and, like, teach people on a whiteboard. By the way, the sign language for this camera to look at the whiteboard is the deuces, which Are is the serious? coolest thing. <laughs> I can just throw the deuces and I'll look. Bro, text me, the, text me the link for that. <laughs> yeah, but um, uh, so that's, that's insane. That's So maybe I can pick whenever I get on the phone with Jerry because we're going to go over this deal. Maybe I can pick his brain to maybe help me approach that income. Yeah, tell, tell him, give me the video. income approach that you followed for the hotel and give and do the income approach for me on this property and he'll walk you through it. That would be, that's awesome. That's good to know. I didn't know, you know, we, we haven't gotten to break down that, that deal. I just said, I'm in. I just, I just went on a multifamily deal with Pace for the two new multifamily. So if I'm doing it for him, I'm going to do it for you too. Let's, you know, let me be on both sides of the coin. <laughs> I love it. The, um, I think the deal he's doing in Puerto Rico, I think I'm jumping in on that deal too. No way. Yeah, I think so. Am I, am I going to be double dipping with you right now? Yeah, bro. You're going to be a double decker. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, again, the uh, income approach, income approach is the best way to do it. It's the same thing with like um, appraisers will look at appraised value based on comps. Um, and then the, uh, the other thing appraisers will do is they'll do replacement costs. So they'll look at a house and go, man, there's no comps anywhere near here. So what do they do? They go to replacement cost as a fail safe. So it's the same thing with buying and holding is that you do the income approach, which is a fail safe. Got it. Okay. I mean, I mean, I already know that with the RVs and the B&B, the way it is, I mean, we'll be grossing somewhere around like 15, 16 K. And so the net will be pretty good, but the rest of the project is going to cost like a lot. I mean, the private capital that I have to bring in to create a man-man lagoon and all that stuff, get the land flipped over. Like I know it's going to cost money. It, I, what I wanted to know would it, you know, how, you know, approaching the income approach now makes sense. Cause then I would know, okay, we actually could do this. Cause if we focus on it this way, 
then it will let us know whether we can or not. Everything has to you have go to, down that rabbit hole. <laughs> you have to answer me. Let's say that you go, you guys go underwrite this. You have to tell me what is my cash on cash return. Okay. And if you don't know the answer to your cash on cash return, then you won't be able to do that. Got you. Okay. So that literally is the key. Okay. Yeah. I can find that. That okay. Now I know That's what the key. Do. Cash on cash return when you can. If you're now, here's the thing. If you're going to wholesale that deal, which you obviously could too, you still have to have the cash on cash return to tell a, a future buyer, hey, we're going to assign this to you. This is what the cash on cash return would be. Boom, 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 boom. Here's what you would make if you invested in this deal or you bought this deal from us. Da, 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 da. You can't even wholesale that deal without knowing the cash on cash return. Right. Okay. Makes sense. So that's Makes where sense. you would go. Awesome. Thank tax, you, Brad. Text me the link to that camera, you handsome man. I sure will. <laughs> okay. All right. I've got Angie. Angie. Hello. Hi. I'm, hi there. How, How are you? Doing? Good. Look at Dom back there. Just looking like a big tall glass of Dom Perignon. <laughs> I'm the, the party size one, the small, small glass, <laughs> the slider size. Good to see you. Good to see you, Pace. So, I guess first off, I want to say thank you again for the elephant challenge and everybody on here. If you're not on the elephant challenge, you need to get on it because it's changed, it's changed everything for us. Everybody, even the yeah. elephants. Yeah, it's, um, it's super helpful. We, um, I haven't been talking about it a lot, but I need to right now. Let me pull up the link for it so people can join it. It's it, how much did you pay for the elephant challenge? Zero. Nada. Come on. Didn't I try and sell you some shit? Nope. I have to mow your lawn. It's a pretty big lawn, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, that you're welcome. I'm, um, Chuck says, "What? Uh, explain the elephant challenge. How about this, Chuck? Go on my YouTube channel, type in Pace Morby Elephant Challenge, and you can watch like some previous recordings. It's a free challenge that teaches people how to go out and get cash deals, and we give you guys all sorts of really cool things. Um, so what is the elephant challenge? Is it, it keeps popping up. It's a free challenge that you guys can join where my students will help you guys out. And we teach you guys how to comp. We teach you guys how to use very basic tools to go out and find deals and bring them to the students so you have support. So here is the link for next week's elephant challenge. Boom. It's in the side chat. It's a, it's a Zoom where you have to register for it. On uh, with a baby elephant yesterday for oh, India. Yeah? Indianapolis, Indianapolis, right? <laughs> or Indiana. I love the nail color choice, by the way. Oh, thank you. Show them to me. I love them. Yeah, you should have seen them when, at the mastermind. I had them with the peace sign on it. <laughs> it was really cool. Why didn't you show that to me? I don't know, because we were busy the whole time talking to everybody. Yeah. Um, so what do you got for me? So, so... I don't think you do this, but I thought, you know, hey, I'll come on here and maybe somebody on here would be interested. I have a deal. My client has somebody who needs $500,000. He has $5 million on hold at Tri-County Banks, but he will, if you if you loan him the $500,000, he'll pay you $50,000 within 30 days. And we've got all the paperwork. Everything's legitimate. It's 
ready to go. It's just we don't have the money. You find the lender. Yeah, we need to find somebody who. And I've had a couple people reach out, and I may have somebody, but I thought, you know, what the heck am I? If, what does he need the five hundred thousand for? It's to here. I'd have to read it. So his funds are frozen in this tri count in this tri um, county's bank. Mm -hmm. Him and his wife are divorcing. It's held up in the, the prenup has his money held up to pay off some debt of some sort. And so he's got $10 million in a mutual fund where that's where he'll secure the monies. And he's got this $5 million. And I see the, I see his bank statement right now. He has $5 million in there, but it's frozen. So once he gets this money, it'll be released. We got lawyers that um, are all on this and title company, the financial planner, he's sent out a, um, a letter to the financial planner to create some sort of draw note on, and, and collateral agreement. Um, okay. Here's, here's what I would say. I would say I would never do that for 50 grand. I would do it for, I would do it for 200 grand. So yeah, for him to get it out of the mutual fund, it's like 50%. Like, for him to get it out, but but no, it's he's gonna take he would him charge two hundred grand. I know, yeah, but yeah. it would be that much if he was to wait to get it out. So he well, needs now, but that'll take ninety days for him to get it out. So I'll tell him you want two hundred. Yeah. yeah, tell him. All right. And then tell him, and then shoot me a text message. Okay. What else did you have? And then um oh, and then I have um. Another baby elephant brought me a deal in Arizona and they wanted me to ask. I guess they reached out to Jamil. They know Jamil, but he hasn't heard back from him. But he needs somebody to buy his property like ASAP. He's an investor and purchased this home. He has three liens on it, one hard money loan and two, he said, equity line, line of credits. He's, 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 over, he's over budget? No, I'm. he said it's. he still will make money even if he sells it for... Five hundred twenty-five thousand. Um, me and Jamil can look at it tonight. I'm gonna go hang out with them in thirty minutes. Okay, I'll text it to you. Yeah, text me. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. Hey, Dom. What's up? Did you tell your wife she's a babe today? I do every day. So thank you. Yeah. We we have thank to you. do that, right? Angie, did you tell your husband how buff he is today? Yes. So I need to get in the gym, man. You know what, gym? Brain gym. This is all we do. This is our life. You look so good, dog. Every time I see you, I'm like, this freaking guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to good be to like see you guys. And we're going to sign up for EXP with Laura. Please do. I'm going to start doing a lot more training over there. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, yeah, I, 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 I was like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. So tomorrow we're doing it. Love it. Come on over. Come hang out with us. Yes. Yep. Cool. Yep. Good to see you guys. Yeah, good to see you. Shout out to, to Ray Vera, man. I, he, he wanted me to give a shout out. He does a lot of work with us. He's here in, the, here in the Denver market, does all the fix and flips, and he's got his contracting company. But he's a hustler, man, and he's uh, yeah. a leader in the Elephant Challenge as well. He's a good resource to us, so I just wanted to give him that shout out. Thank you, brother. Thank yep. you. Thank you. What's up, Mosh? Hey, Pace. How's it going? Don't tell me you have a question for me. <laughs> Oh, you know I got a question. I know. Not gonna Maybe be a without a question from me. You have some of the best questions, bro. Thank you. I appreciate that. 
Appreciate it. But um, yeah, I guess I'll just jump into it. So we're looking to buy our first uh, creative deal. And this one, we ran the numbers with Airbnb. We're used to doing Airbnbs, but the numbers are really tight. It's actually negative. So the numbers do work with uh, a lease option. And we're looking to do a lease option instead of the wrap because we want to have control over the asset and not just uh, hold a note. And uh, just wanted to get your kind of opinion on that, you know, just given what I just mentioned. If it pencils on a lease option, I would much rather personally, me personally, somebody, somebody's going to hear my um, advice and they're not going to like it because they're going to be like, whoa, oh, I'm giving you what I would do as pace in my current situation. I would do a lease option if it pencils. I would not do a wrap. I don't like wraps in my current phase of my business. I used to love doing wraps and I will still do probably six to 12 of them per year, but I don't do wraps anymore because of what you just talked about is that I'm in the business to own real estate. I'm not in the business to own notes. Mm -hmm. Notes is a young man that is just starting out game or an old man game that wants to get out. Okay. Okay. Um, why do people like notes? Well, because they're great. They're awesome. They so solve a lot of problems. But at the end of the day, it's temporary cash flow. It's not permanent cash flow. So with lease options, what I like about them is I still hold the note. And the likelihood of a lease option tenant ever executing on an option is like 20%. It's less than 20%. It's very rare for that to happen. Okay. And even still with the current market with I've been seeing a lot of FUD with the people saying that rents are going to start going down. Would it still make sense? Because there's there's the option, the, the point where we want to increase rents about two to three hundred dollars. Right now, the rent's twenty six hundred. We want to increase it twenty nine hundred. And I've been seeing comps supporting that. Um, but you know, just given the current environment, do you think a lease option would still make sense? And just saying like, all right, we want twelve percent down at a five hundred and fifty k purchase price. Now I'm just thinking if that's realistic. I guess it just depends on the market. Okay, so I'm going to pull something up for you just real quick. And I've shown this before. It's one of my favorite things to show. Um, the historic rent, average rent image. You, maybe you've seen this before. Maybe. I'm sure you've, yeah. been, you've been on a lot of my lives, okay? Yeah. So give me just a second. Okay. And you tell me when somebody tells you rent, rent, rent rates are going to go. This is like when I was hearing people at the beginning of the year, they go, the market's not going to crash. The market's not going to crash. And I was like, how can it not? Crash? It's like telling me you're going to turn the thermostat down in my house, but the air conditioning is not going to actually turn on. Like mm -hmm. it's going to, it's going to turn on. So here's, here's the graph. Okay, let me scroll down a little bit. Let's read this for a second. April 25th, 2022. Average rent prices have increased at a rate of 8.8% per year since 1980, consistently outpacing wage inflation by a significant margin. 2021 was an exceptional volatile year, volatile, volatile year. blah, 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 blah. Cool, whatever. Here's the graph. At what point since 1940 has have rent rates ever gone down? Mm -hmm. 
they don't go down. They never have gone down. And when people tell you rents are going down, it's because they live in Ohio or Iowa where nobody wants to live. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you live in a market, which you guys do, you guys are in, are you guys in Denver? Or are you guys in Fort Collins? Uh, Boulder in between. Colorado. Bro, Boulder's rents ain't going down ever. <laughs> It, yeah, the property we're looking at, though, it's in Tarpon, Florida. Tarpon. Oh, okay, got it. Tar Tarpon. Same thing. Tarpon's a great, Tarpon's a good spot. Oh, I know nothing about it. So that's why I'm just doing my research. And everything. Here's, the, here's the research you need. 1940 to 2020, rent rates have never gone down. Oh, okay. That's awesome. It, it, how do you find this type of information? Cause I've been trying to, I look at like betterplaces.net and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then the census bureau, I think you pulled it up before. Um, I pay, I, pay, I have a lot of data. So this one's free, but I have a lot of data like black Knight and core logic and other things like that. We spend like $3,000 a month on software that gives us data yeah. and a analytics. Um, if you look at rent rates, you will never see a rate decrease now in 2008 okay 2008 to 2009 there was a compression of rent rates because rent rates had gone up so astronomically high in 2006 and 7 that what happens they settled down and you can see it okay it went so crazy and then it kind of settled down okay and then it right here from like 2020 to here the date that they don't have the data on here but I have another graph that I don't have the login for this um, laptop. This laptop is my travel laptop. It's always in my backpack. I never like use it for anything other than travel. This, uh, I can pull up the data and it will show you that the rents have like gone astronomical. So we'll have the same thing as what we had in 2008 where they were like going straight up in 2021 and 2022. And that now they're going to flatline to a certain degree for probably, they would normally, this is my point. They would normally flatline, but guess what's going to happen? Go back up. They're going to continue to go up. And the reason being is because inflation, it, the inflation report just came out last week and we're still in the 8% after they've raised the interest rates two different times. The, it, it, it's physically impossible for rent rates to go down when your inflation rate is 8%. So you've got, Milk, eggs, Big Macs, gas, cars, condoms, whatever it is that you guys are out there buying over there in Boulder, Colorado area. <laughs> okay. They're, everything is going up in like crazy. Absolutely crazy. Like I bought a bottle of water today and I was like, this bottle of water is $3 at a, and it's like cheap. Mm. Everything's going up. How can everything on the planet go up in price, but rents go down? Right. Whoever told you that does not own re rental real estate. And if they do, they, they must have something they're trying to sell you. And do you feel like, I, I feel like Florida is going to be the last place to do this, but I know like California's restricting landlords from increasing their rents and stuff like that. Okay. So Maj, California has been restricting rents for a long time, which is why I talk so much shit about California. I noticed that Ohio must do the same too, huh? No, Ohio doesn't. They just suck. <laughs> Fair enough. 
And, and, he, and here's why. Here's a couple of things, okay? So think about this. California is one of the coolest states ever. It's beautiful. The food is the best. The people are amazing. The weather's unbelievable. The geogra- geography is crazy. Like, California is such a cool state. Ohio is a cool state, too. Iowa is a cool state, too. Okay? They're amazing states. I would say the only state that's really not that cool, except for a couple of parts, is like New Mexico is not that cool. It's, it's okay, just not that cool. The reason why California is not a good place to buy real estate is because of what you just said. Okay, so think about this. I told this story the other day. Maj, if you and I were going to go own a, a Subway franchise together, okay, and we go buy a Subway franchise, we go put on a very busy corner intersection in Los Angeles, and we're crushing it, dude. We're, we're selling like 500 sandwiches a day, okay? The state of California comes into our sandwich shop one day, Subway, and they go, hey, we got two pieces of legislation. Number one, you are restricted to only selling 150 sandwiches a day. And number two, if somebody comes into your store, orders a sandwich, because you know how Subway is, you order a sandwich, you walk down the line, and then you pay once they've already used all the raw materials and they've used their labor to compile and put your order together, right? Mm -hmm. So legislation number two is that that person who orders a sandwich and wastes your employees' time can take that sandwich, not pay for it, and sit in your lobby and stare you in the face and say, kiss my ass, I'm not paying you anything, and I get to hang out in your lobby, and you can't kick me out. I would have a question with you, Maj. I would say, should we continue to operate our business inside of California? Hell no. Okay. Those two pieces of legislation are why I don't like California real estate is because they limit your ability to raise your rents and they tell you that people can steal from you. They can live in your property and you cannot evict them. Okay. And that's been going on way before the pandemic, way before the pandemic. Washington's the same way. Oregon's the same way. Illinois is the same way. New Jersey's the same way. And New York is the same way. So if you want to own houses or California stuff in California, then don't have tenants. If you want to run a business in California, then don't have tenants. You can own real estate in California, but do not have tenants. Okay. So the reason why I don't love Iowa or Ohio is because their population does not grow. It's somewhat stagnant. Okay. So Florida is one of the fastest growing States in the whole entire country. So not only are your interest rate or not only are your rent rates never going to go down, they're continually going up. Florida, New North Carolina, South Carolina, Texas, Georgia, um, Arizona, Nevada, those cities, Utah, Idaho, those states blowing up. So you're buying a rental in, in California. I'm sorry, you're buying a rental in Florida. Maj, did you watch the Zoom where I showed people how to go pull up the um, average growth rate in a market. Yes. That was with a, you look for 0.8% in the market. 0.8% minimum. minimum. That's the minimum base model. And I can tell you Florida as a total is probably growing 15%, something like something crazy. Mm. Okay. It's double. It's double the minimum. So what's happening, what's happening is you want to own. Okay. 
again, I don't hate Iowa and I don't hate California. I love those states. It's just I don't want to own real estate in cheap states. Like I, here's here's the other side of it. Okay, Iowa people are like, oh, Iowa's cheap. Well, yeah. So so is rummaging through the garbage can for a used taco. But I ain't doing that shit. Yeah, me neither. Okay, I I I'm not doing what's cheap. I'm doing what's effective. And I'm not going to go invest my real my money in a market that's not going to grow. I want to raise my rent every 24 months. Okay. okay? If you are not in a market that is growing 0.8% or larger, you will not be able to raise your rent every 24 months. Mm, okay. That okay. is why I don't like Iowa. And people are like, oh, I, Iowa's great for me. I'm like, okay. I didn't say it's horrible. I'm just saying for my investment strategy, I, Pace, am not wasting my time in a market that is cool. I'm spending my time and energy in a market that's growing because I want rent increases and I want property value increases. I want cash flow and I want appreciation. Okay. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I appreciate you sharing that info with us. You know, we're and uh, shout out to you, Pace, for this amazing community. You know, this has really changed both myself and Anna's lives uh, since we joined in December of last year. And um, we've been joining the Elephant Challenge and shout out to Angie and Dominic. We're buying Colorado. They're amazing. And uh, we're also doing the Elephant Challenge in Florida with uh, Chris James, Colin, and uh, Jesse as well. So I love, I love Chris. Yeah, they're doing amazing things. But um, I appreciate you taking me my answers or, my, or answering my question here. And I'm, I'm taking your advice too and being less of an asshole and taking more action. I, ne I, I never really meant for that. Here's what I felt bad about that story I was telling about my like getting into real estate. You mm -hmm. were on that YouTube live that I was doing and I saw you on there. I go, I know he is going to think I'm talking about him even though I'm not. <laughs> hey, either way, it made me take more action. So thank you. Good, good. <laughs> and why can't we get your wife to say anything awesome? She's right here. <laughs> He's taking the mic. I'm just over here, like listening. No, but seriously though, we're we're incredibly grateful and just excited because we have so many, just opportunity that we've never seen before, and just the exp the exponential growth that we've seen in ourselves, and um, just by connecting with other people in the community has just been just mind blowing. And so we're we're always grateful to you. And man, yep. it's, it's you have no idea, funny. Pace. We paid like 35k, got into personal debt before this mentorship or community rather. And there's no engagement on the Facebook. There is no like talking like how we're doing and just like no uh, really dynamic. There's no connectivity. It's like, it's like what I was talking to, um, you know, Benjamin Harris at the very beginning where yeah. you, were you guys on here when I was talking to Benjamin? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you can tell the people that are not students cause they're like kind of flat. It's like, they have no friends, they have no connectivity or they're newer students and they haven't made the connections quite yet. Right. And they think mm -hmm. like they join, they're joining a, a they think, Oh, I'm joining a mentorship. That's going to give me videos. That's going to solve all my problems. It's right. like, yo dude, that ain't it. Like you need, yeah, you need a leader that's going to create and cultivate a good um, culture, but you more than anything need a culture around a community of people that are like you can connect with and have conversations with and people that really, really want to help you out. Right. Mm -hmm. So you guys are doing a great job. Maj, I love seeing you like your questions are always great. And that's why I felt bad bringing up the ask whole thing. 
<laughs> very sorry. I didn't take a personal face. You know, it's um, good. Anna, what did you what you, you guys have for dinner tonight? Tell me about it. Oh man, I didn't cook tonight. <laughs> the one night. <laughs> no, I, I've been full all day. We actually went out and got some uh, breakfast, and I had this huge vegetarian burrito. It was amazing. From, from where? Get me stuff. It's this place called Tangerine. I don't know if you guys have it out. I in, think it's local. In, in Arizona. It's like this brunch. It's like place. snooze. Do you have snooze? Oh yeah, we have snooze. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's similar to snooze. It was amazing. Smothered burrito, and then he had some gluten-free pancakes at the end. So that that kept us going. You that know? sounds bomb. It it is amazing. How's uh, Bahamas? I I mean I got here and I worked out. It was for, I haven't worked out in a week, which is like you get out. You know how it is. Like you're traveling a lot and you get out of a rhythm. And yes, so like my body was craving it, so I went and worked out. Jamil came. He flew in, so he's here with me. We awesome. went down, jumped in the pool, and talked for like an hour and a half, and caught up. I haven't seen him in like ten days, so. I mean, I saw him on the on the TV set, and then him and I are at this mastermind this whole week. So I haven't been. I just jumped in the water and then came up here, jumped in the shower, and came on Zoom. You guys saw me on the, on the last Zoom, so yes, sir. Hey, we got to get in the workout someday, Pace. When I'm in Arizona, hey, please, I'm, dude. I'm down to do one of your runs. I know you go on runs every morning. I go on runs because I'm getting older, right? So I get I go on warm runs to warm up. Like I'll run four to six miles to warm up, just so yeah. I. Because what I found is if I need to go work out directly, I'm like, I'll convince myself not to because I'm like, I don't have my blood going. So I'm like, all right, I'll just go on a walk and get warmed up. And I was like, no, I'll run. And so now I've, I've got I've got a really good rhythm going where I'll run four miles just to get warmed up and then I'll go and actually lift. I love wow. it. I love it, brother. Hey, I, I really appreciate this of uh, being a part of your journey. I've been seeing your growth since I joined in sub two. And at first, before I joined Sub2, I was like, this, this man has amazing content. I'm just going to follow him on YouTube. And I would listen to it on YouTube. I was like, I need something better. So that's when I joined. And now I've been listening to you every single day. I'm at work because we have a cleaning business and we're just busting our ass every day. So this is our retirement plan. So love it. To this. Yeah, we love you. We appreciate love you. you. Thank we, you. Lo we love you guys too. And when I come up to Denver, Jamil, so here's what's cool. So we just wrapped this show, right? And so we don't know when season three is going to go. So what we're going to do is we're going to put in, I think we've got 15 cities that we're going to put into our schedule. Um, Denver's one of them. Oh, yeah. We'd love to see you guys here. Yeah, because I did that very quick one in Fort Collins. It's Fort Collins, right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's Fort Collins. I'll be waiting for you at the airport. <laughs> yeah, pick, pick, us, pick us up and take me to Tangerine. And then um, we've got... Yeah. Pacific Northwest, I'm going to be doing, we're going to be doing one in, um, we're going to do one in Wyoming. We're going to do one in Iowa, Arkansas. Ohio. We're going to be doing one in New Orleans. Oh, look, my wife. Look, I saw her this morning. Hey, Laura. She's such a great wife, dude. She was like. You guys are amazing. Both of you. I, we also watch Laura on Mondays as well. Oh yeah, I love everything love that she's her. doing, and that she's out there in the community, you know, doing her thing. Yeah, now that now that the baby is, um, like, you know, somebody else is able to watch the baby and stuff. She's been getting in there, so she'll be in there tomorrow. I here's what I told her. I said, I want you to come in on those Mondays, and I want you to actually find me a deal, like live. Like, don't do Q and A. Like, literally, spend the two or three hours finding a deal for me. 
and show people how to bird dog because that's what people need. They, and she's going to, she's going to kind of tie it into the elephant challenge and just have it as a weekly extension of the elephant challenge, because it really should just be her finding deals for me and showing you guys how to comp. And then what she'll do, she'll do that for like an hour, maybe an hour and a half. And then, um, she'll do Q and a for the last hour and a half. And probably, I think what's going to happen is a lot more, um, stopping foreclosures because foreclosures are starting to pick up and people really like it when they watch her stop foreclosures. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Um, so anyway, she, she hit 2000 subscribers on her YouTube channel. So she start we hired somebody to start helping her out on that, which is cool. I love that's it. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's very cool. Subscribed as well. So I'll be checking out her videos. Cool. Well, appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate, appreciate you, Pace. you, Pace. Thank you. Hey, see ya. Later. All right, guys, we are, um, hold on a sec. Let me get Maj off here. All right, what a great what a great day we had with I'm like pumped up, pumped up with Benjamin, like super pumped up about Benjamin. That that was really really cool. Rudy, what do you got for me, brother? I got 13 more minutes. How you doing, homie? What's going on? Appreciate you having me on. And welcome to the G Shock Gang page. I know, dog. You see my jellyfish, dude. Loving it. I'm all about it. Jamil, Jamil, he's like, you need a real watch. I'm like, bro, this is a dope watch. Dude, watch nerds love G-Shock, so I'm all about it. I can't afford a real watch yet either, so <laughs> we'll get there. <clears throat> um, so I haven't done my first deal yet. I mean, I was sort of like in this mode of like, well, I need to wait till the end of the year. I'm going to like phase out and get into a new gig and start doing this. But um, my buddy Travis was like, oh, you're doing this now? My buddy needs help. Can you help him? So he kind of threw me in the, uh, in the deep end, which is great. Um, so the question is, is there anything we can do to help this guy? Um, he is in a contract with a builder. The project has just got finished in Dripping Springs, Texas. Um, I guess that's the Austin area. Um, he put a 48K deposit down and he's supposed to close in two weeks. And his uh, him and his fiance broke up and he just wants out of the deal and wants the deposit back ideally. Um, so I don't know if that could be wholesaled um, or kind of looking at deeper since he doesn't really have equity or need to like make money on it. Like, is it a sub two slash morby method? Um, and I got some more details on the house itself and his mortgage if you need them. Okay. So it's a brand new house. Brand new. Yeah. In like a planned community um, kind of thing. In Austin? In Austin. Dripping Springs, but it seems like a, like a suburb that's like right there in Austin. I would buy that deal. Yeah, I was wondering if you'd say that. That's amazing. I, I, I would buy it. It's a brand new community. And I mean, here's here's the thing. He would have to finalize the loan. Yeah, I figured he, he wouldn't close. He'd have to close on it. And then I would refund his 48000 bucks, and I would just keep the deal. Amazing. Yeah, he's got a 4.6% interest rate. Looks like with HOA tax and everything else, he said he's got $5,500 a month mortgage. Four, three and a half bath, two-story, two-car garage. Okay. Can you, can you email it to me? Yeah. I'll send it. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you in the private chat. Okay, cool. Amazing. I mean, it's pretty simple. I don't have to, I don't have to get approved for the loan. He's already been approved for the loan. I just take over his house in Austin. Pretty simple. Cool. Yeah. Cause that's what I was, that's what I was telling him. And he's just like, that sounds risky. How do I like, you know, tell me more about it. I was like, well, I'm going to work with some investors in the area, but um, if we're working with serious investors, it shouldn't be risky. And I was like, as long as it, 
cash this flows is, rental wise this, or is it corporate rental point. wise? When somebody says this is risky, here's how you reply, reply to that. You go, yeah, you know what else is risky? Putting $48,000 as a non-refundable deposit on the house to a, with a woman you're not married to. Except that would upset somebody. So don't say that. But <laughs> you you definitely you could definitely just say, look, man, so is putting $48,000 non-refundable down. Like you already did the risky thing. So I don't, you know, what are we, what, what are we talking about here? You know? Yeah, totally. Fair point. He's and not, he seems he's open, not getting he seems out open of that anything deal. though. I know. That's what I thought. I was like, he goes, well, uh, now that I thought about it more, uh, I would love for your help. Thank you, man. I'm looking for a Hail Mary here. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> that's all we got. Yeah. Yeah. Send me the Hail Mary tech, uh, email. Let's, let's have a conversation about it. Um, should I like CC him, find his email? Sure. Um, obviously I have his yeah, CC him. CC him and cool. we'll, I'll get, tomorrow I've got a I've got a packed day, but what I'll do is I'll have Molly on my team look at it and um and maybe get on the phone with him. I've got four zooms tomorrow I got to do so, um, Molly and or my wife will take a look at the deal. Okay, and you said you'll send your email. Yeah, oh, cool. Second. I see it right here. There yep. you got it. Pace, that's amazing. Thank you. Your inspiration and uh, I love the content. So. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Cheers. All right, guys. I'm. Um, it's eleven thirty here. I got to get on an early Zoom, so I'm going to wrap up Sunday service, and I'm going to call. I'm going to Facetime my wife. I haven't talked to her today, so love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Um, sub two students. I'll be releasing our schedule for the upcoming week for um, for everybody. And one last time, I'm dropping the Elephant Challenge link in the side chat. I will see you guys on the Elephant Challenge. If you don't know what the Elephant Challenge is, then go on my YouTube channel and type in Pace Morby Elephant Challenge, and you'll learn it. Um, we stream it live on YouTube, too. Appreciate you guys. And we'll see you guys later. Oh.